Blog Talk Radio. We had a very big election in 2008. The country needed new direction before it was too late. From economics to Osama, George Bush was to blame. So I voted for Obama for some hope and change. Now Obama's gotta go, Obama's gotta go. There's nothing left in my portfolio. Obama's gotta go, Obama's gotta go. That's the biggest stimulus I know. Our debt is measured in the trillions. What's a little more? Sign another bill for billions. Who cares what it is for? Change we really can't believe in has faded away. The same old crap is what we're seeing, but it's done the Chicago way. So Obama's gotta go, Obama's gotta go, like the oil in the Gulf of Mexico. Obama's gotta go, Obama's gotta go, he lied more than Pinocchio. Someone's crossing over the border, another Mexican through Arizona. Now he wants to marry my daughter, and have an American kid. Can you say tax cheat? Tim Geithner, Attorney General Eric Holder, a bad plan for Afghanistan and a nuclear Iran. When I finally retire, there'll be no money there. And he's trying to kill my grandma with rationing health care. I've always voted Democratic, this guy is a bum. Rhetoric and pretty speeches won't get the job done. So Obama's got to go, Obama's got to go, let's give the Democrats the old heave-ho. Obama's got to go, Obama's got to go, that's the greatest stimulus I know. Business. 
on your own. Somebody else made that happen. Out of respect, they gave him the Nobel Peace Prize without him doing anything, and he took it. He changed health care for millions of Americans, even though they liked what they had. He says he will tell Iran to quit making nukes, and they will stop, because he is just that good. To him, the Supreme Court is nothing but an unelected group of people. You want president? He is the president. He picked Joe Biden to be his vice president, just to show that he doesn't really need one. He wants us to believe no one else in America would have made the Bin Laden call. He is the most arrogant man in the world. <laughs> I ultimately get what I want. Stay ignorant, my friends. Let's be realistic for a minute. Am I cooking, huh? Let me take a look at this, huh? Is this what happened in professional wrestling, huh? Very cocky. A lot of charisma. The most well-known, the best-looking, the best-dressed. Custom-made clothes. Gold around my neck. Rolex watch around my wrist. My shoes cost more than your house. I drive a Lincoln Continental, a Mercedes, a Rolls, own a Corvette, live in the biggest house on the biggest side of town. Shut air, please. And I got a limousine sitting out there a mile long with 25 women just dying for me to go. Woo! All right. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, folks, to another hour of the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. I'm hyped up. Why? Well, because it's Monday, and because I have two triple venti white chocolate mochas here from Starbucks that I just polished off, and I am high as a kite on triple venti white mochas from Starbucks right over on King and Union in beautiful Old Town Alexandria, the home of 200-year-old condos, cobblestone roads. Can you believe it? Uh, today's date, August 20th, 2012, Old Town Alexandria, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. Four people influenced me throughout my life. My dad, my wonderful, wonderful dad, Vince Evans, of the uh, one of the first uh, TV shows, actually the first TV show that Gene Roddenberry put on the air, uh, wrote, directed, uh, created, was a series called The Lieutenant, which... Uh, um, depicted the life of a Marine second lieutenant. I watched that show. I was about, what, five years old? And watching that show, all I ever wanted to be from that day on was a Marine. A Marine officer, to be exact. Third person, Abraham Lincoln. And, of course, number four. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair. 
Gotta love that guy. All right. Let's get this party started. Uh, what in the hell has happened? What has happened? I woke up this morning, and I thought I was in a parallel universe. I thought the world had shifted on its axis because while watching Fox and Friends this morning, a Newsweek article published a scathing article on Barack Hussein Obama. Neil Ferguson? Who the hell is Neil Ferguson? Boom. Now we know who he is. Obama's got to go. It go, the article is Newsweek, and it goes on the re- – now, no, wait a minute now. A lot of folks are saying that Newsweek is desperate, desperate for readers, so they're actually moving more toward the center because they've been in the tank for this administration for the last three and a half years. And so they're attempting to shore up their their uh, their readership. So they're publishing a controversial uh, article. I don't think that's the case. I think they're, they're simply telling the truth. And here it goes. I was a good loser four years ago. In the grand scheme of history... I wrote the day after Barack Obama's election as president. Four decades is not an especially long time. Yet in that brief period, America has gone from the assassination of Martin Luther King to the apothesis of Barack Obama. You would not be human if you failed to acknowledge this as a cause for great rejoicing. I must not have been human then. Must be an alien. Despite having been, full disclosure, an advisor to John McCain, I acknowledge his opponent's remarkable qualities. His soaring oratory, his cool, hard-to-ruffle temperament, and his near-faultless campaign organization. Yet, The question confronting the country nearly four years later is not what, or rather not who, was the better candidate four years ago. It's whether the winner has delivered on his promises. And the sad truth is, he has not. In his inaugural address, Obama promised not only to create new jobs, but to lay a new foundation for growth. He promised to build the roads and bridges. The electric grid, the digital lines that feed our commerce and bind us together. He promised to restore science to its rightful place and wield technology wonders that raise health care qualities and lower its cost. He promised to transform our schools and colleges and universities to meet the demands of a new age. Unfortunately, the president's scorecard on every single one of those bold pledges is pitiful. I I agree. I agree, but why is Newsweek coming out now? 
less than 80 days before the election. In an unguarded moment earlier this year, the president commented that the private sector of the economy was doing fine. Certainly, the stock market is well up by 74% relative to the close on Inauguration Day in 2009, but the total number of private sector jobs is still 4.3 million below the January 2008 peak. Meanwhile, since 2008, a staggering 3.6 million Americans have been added to Social Security's disability insurance program. This is one of many ways unemployment is being concealed. In his fiscal year 2010 budget, the first he presented, the president invested growth of 3.2% in 2010, 4% in 2011, and 4.6% in 2012. The actual numbers were 2.4% in 2010, 1.8% in 2011, and a few, few forecasters now expect it to be much above, not much above 2.3% this year. Unemployment was supposed to be 6% by now. It has averaged 8.2% this year so far. Uh, 8.3, sorry. Meanwhile, real medium annual household income has dropped more than 5% since June 2009. Nearly 110 million individuals received a welfare benefit in 2011, mostly Medicaid or food stamps. But here's what's more. Liberals are saying that Obama inherited a mess and that it's going to take time to fix the mess. That he inherited a mess from you-know-who. And that he's doing the best he can. That's what I'm hearing from a certain segment of the population. He's doing the best he can. The problem is his best isn't good enough. Welcome, folks. Welcome to Obama's America. Nearly half the population is, population is not represented on a taxable return. Almost exactly the same proportion that lives in a household where at least one member receives some type of government benefit. We're now becoming the 50-50 nation, half of us paying the taxes, the other half receiving the benefits. But Barack Obama, the president, says that millionaires and billionaires should pay their fair share. So Obama has decided that with nearly 50% of the population not paying any federal taxes, and the wealthy of us Americans paying most of the taxes... Somehow, that's not quite fair enough that the wealthy should pay more to pay for those who aren't paying anything. Now, I talked to a caller on Thursday who said that he is angry that his tax dollars are going to 
fund the Wall Street crowd. The problem is, he didn't quite understand how taxes work. And I found it to be interesting because he didn't pay any taxes. He said that, well, they take money out of my paycheck every two weeks. And I said, well, I asked, do you you get a refund at the end of the year? He said, yeah. I said, well, then you don't pay any taxes. You're simply loaning the government money, which they give back to you at the end of the the year. So actually none of your money is being used for anything because you're getting it back. This is hard for some liberals to understand. They believe that they're paying taxes, even though most of them get a refund at the end of the tax season. And sometimes, if they're creative, perhaps just a little bit more. So this article in Newsweek... is amazing to me that finally the mainstream media will come right out. Someone, I mean, Newsweek is saying Obama's got to go. He's got to go. Finally. 2020 Radio's in the house again. <laughs> glad, glad he's here. So what about it? Obama's America? And what about the new movie that's come out that I that I went to see uh, just uh, just a couple of days ago on um, on Friday, 2012. I'm sorry, 2016. Obama's America, scathing, and the Obama administration is on the run. They've run a shabby negative campaign. They're running out of money, but still somehow. Like a cornered, frightened dog. I believe Obama's still got some life in him yet. And he's going to come out swinging. Now, yeah, I was not at all excited about his pick of Ryan. I thought, oh, hell no. Where is uh, where's Marco Rubio? What happened? Now, Ryan has sold me. I'm fired up. Now, according to Ron uh, Suskind's book, Confidence Men, Barack Obama is pulling a fast one on all of America. The problem is, after the imperial presidency of the Bush era, yeah, you heard me, there was something more like parliamentary government in the first two years of Obama administrations. Administration. The president proposed, Congress disposed. It was Nancy. It was it was Nancy Pelosi and her co- cohorts who wrote the stimulus bill and made sure it was stuffed full of political pork. And it was the Democrats in Congress, led by Christopher Dodd and Bonnie Frank, who devised a 2,319-page Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act, as is listed in the article. 
Has the mainstream media finally turned on Barack Obama? Has the proverbial worm turned? Is that what we got to work with right now? Obama's running scared. He had a press conference earlier today, surprise, and he was on the defensive there. The news media is finally coming around. The mainstream media. Pretty soon, we're not going to be able to... uh, we're not going to be able to say that uh, Obama is uh, that the media is in Obama's pocket. They're coming out against this clown. It's amazing. And Edward Klein, his new book. Have you read it? The Amateur, Barack Obama in the White House. There's a withering portrayal of a radical adrift. In over his head, drowning in his own incompetency, while being weighed down by a small circle of advisors who are compounding the problem of the amateur in the White House. Klein's book uh, begins with a talesman-like quote uttered by Barack Obama when he was recently uh, uh, when he recently appointed Treasury Secretary Timothy Geithner. Tim tried to boost Obama's ego by telling him. And I quote, your legacy is going to be preventing the Second Great Depression, end quote. To which Obama responded, and I quote, that's not enough for me, end quote. As all of Americans know by now, Obama has aggressively sought to, quote, fundamentally transform America, end quote. One of the first promises he has kept from the days of 2008 Five trillion dollars in borrowing, Obamacare passed over the objectives of the majority of Americans through legislative um, chicanery, bribery, payoffs, failed stimulus, green programs falling left and right as taxpayers are left holding the bag. I mean, real taxpayers. You know, those of us who pay taxes and don't get a refund. So what's this guy done? America has been shuttered, left asunder by the man who promised to unite us. America, weak or abroad and at home, yes, America has been fundamentally transformed. Mission accomplished, Mr. Obama. But now... It's time for you to go. You got to go, my man. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> oh, and on a on a personal note, I posted some pictures of Barack Obama this weekend on Facebook. One has him without any pants on, <laughs> with a presidential seal covering his uh, his nether regions. I commented that the Perhaps that uh, seal should be a little bit smaller. I received a lot of flack for posting the pictures that I posted on Facebook. And as usual and expected, I dropped two or three Facebook friends. GTT183 in the house. G-Ski. Alexander Solo. One angry Jew. 
Alexander Solo, Blog Talk, Casanova, Frankenstein. So, I dropped some friends. I had one of my high school classmates from Finger Academy, Chicago, Illinois, 112th and Wallace, called me a sellout. He said, you're a sellout. You don't know where you come from. You've forgotten where you come from. Then he threw out what I consider to be a veiled threat. He said, you're going to get yours in the end. Like, okay, what? What's up, dude? I just posted some pictures of your president. That's it. Are you, you, I'm going to get mine. I don't know where I come from. I've forgotten my heritage. What? So I wrote back. I said, dude, look. I'm going to be in Chicago this weekend at the Finger High School all-class picnic, Saturday the 25th at 10 a.m. Why don't you show up too, given that you're my class? Oh, he also wrote that he's ashamed to call me one of his classmates. He's ashamed that he attended school with me. So I said, dude, show on. Yeah, I wrote back, dude, show up at the all-class picnic this Saturday and why don't you why don't you give me what's coming Get let me get mine in the end why don't you be the one to give it to me oh and by the way if you've got some excuse for not being there this Saturday how about this I'm going to be in San Diego in September at the Marine Corps Drill Instructors Reunion I understand you're based out of Diego San Diego why don't you show up there too? Meet me at MCRD San Diego Marine Recruit Depot, and then give me what's coming there too. Since I'm going to get what's coming to me in the end, as some other folks say, one person in the Facebook write, "Don't you have something better to do than to post pictures or to bash Obama?" And I wrote back, "Yes." Don't you have something better to do than to pay attention or respond to me bashing Obama? So Facebook was alive because I posted a picture of Obama with no trousers <laughs> and the presidential seal covering his private parts. Oh, well. That... <laughs> So, hey, we've got some callers on the line. The board is up. So uh, we're, what we're going to do right now is take a short break. Then we'll come right back. We'll take our calls, and then we'll move on from there. It has been a very interesting weekend, to say the least. So my main man, Alfonso, you know who you are. Come on. Come on. Meet me at the picnic Saturday, the Finger High School, the Finger Academy, all class picnic so I can get mine in the end what the hell was that all about he said I'm going to get mine in the end because I don't agree with the president's policies and I'm making fun of him I'm going to get mine in the end are you kidding nevertheless we'll be right back we'll take our calls <laughs> Oh, oh, wait, wait, hey, hey, has anybody seen my pictures 
I put the new picture up on my show page. Did you notice that handsome stud in that picture, that young handsome stud in the Marine Corps dress white? Wasn't he striking, isn't he? Where the hell is he? Where is he now? Oh, wait, that was me at the age of 25. Damn, where'd that guy go? <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> so the reason Key said that Jesus Christ wouldn't vote for Barack Obama was because of Obama's fanatical support of abortion to the point of condoning infanticide. You can't handle the truth. Political correctness gone wild. These aren't really good reasons. I'm looking at trying to get a rooster to dust the crow. Are you going to trust me? Or are you going to lie in eyes? Surely you can't be serious. Seriously. Don't be sure. I believe in the principle that you pay as you go. Obama was, in the words of Louis Farrakhan, she elected before she was. There's a rhyme in them sometimes. Serious. I laugh out loud. Glee. At every opportunity.
situation report I thought we had some uh, technical issues with the sound hopefully it's all better now or at least perhaps a little bit better so with that in mind um, I think it was perhaps because I opened the mics of my callers uh, while the clip was playing hmm could be well let's go ahead and take our first call piston pilot is on very interesting. Tell me, why do you think that one article about uh, Obama go home, hit the road, Obama, whatever, why is that one one article make you think that there's a tide coming? Wow, I hear nothing. Sort of little squeaks. Jermaine's doing this radioactive thing again. I know it. He's thwarting me on the air. Uh, <laughs> now I hear you. Yep. Maybe not. Yeah, you got microphone problems. Yeah, I think maybe you're right. Uh, well, it's Jermaine. He's he's radioactive now, and he's he's pushing that off. He can't help it. He's like that little girl in Firestarter, the one that had to back off the fire. Yeah. Jermaine's going to be doing this to radio for I don't know how long. You're probably right, but then again, he's probably well, I think you I think you need a good reboot is what you need. But you can hear me, can't you? 
Yeah, I hear you just fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm hearing you not well at all. But all right, be that as it may, doesn't matter. What makes you think that there's going to be some tidal wave of uh, liberal uh, publications that are going to uh, all of a sudden go against Obama or not give him favorable press? Well, because just one publication to kick it off. You know, I can't, hold on, I, I can't hear you, and I don't know if anybody else can hear you. Maybe a little uh, shout-out in the chat room and see if anybody else can hear you, because I'm not hearing you. Some of the watching Netflix, Dad. Hello, Peter. It's Scott's room. It's my team. Can you watch Netflix, please? All right. Can you hear me now? I hear you better, yeah. Yeah, okay, good, good, good. Well, I think that uh, the one of the reasons why uh, I think the tide is beginning to turn is the press briefings um, with Obama's press, uh, press secretaries, they've become a little bit more uh, combative. Uh, a little bit more heated with the uh, with the. With well, he's the, always been combative. The pre- the, no, I mean not him. The press asking questions. Oh They're, yeah, but they've never given in to them. They've all. He's always been combative. First yeah. of all, if you recall Les Consolving, I don't know if you know Les Consolving. Yes. Uh, Les Consolving. Who was it that uh, asked what the they asked what the capital of Israel was, and what was the administration's stance? on the capital of Israel. Well, of course, that uh, mealy-mouthed little piece of crap that uh, is the present press secretary, he says, well, um, uh, you know what our position is. And the woman who <laughs> asked the question, she said, no, and she asked it again. Les Consolving jumped in and said, no, she doesn't know. That's why she asked, what is your position? Because earlier that day at the Pentagon, uh, some uh, piece of crap spokesperson at the Pentagon also uh, wouldn't answer the question. Oh, everybody knows our position. Our position hasn't changed. Well, okay, your position hasn't changed. What is your position? But, of course, they wouldn't say it because they're scum. Well, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, and I agree. I think that this article is a good start, and I do believe that the... Um, yeah, but it might be an ending, too. might be the only one. It, it might be. I think you're getting all. I think you're getting all, get, all giddy about it, a, a little bit yeah. premature, because I just don't. I don't see a mm-hmm. big tidal wave coming of uh, articles like that. Well, I, I, you know what? Uh, giddy, giddy might be uh, might be strong. Might might be a strong, strong, strong word. I, I'm um, I'm optimistic that uh that the mainstream media is going is come finally coming around P- perhaps they're sensing or, or I'm hoping that they're sensing a little bit of blood in the water that Obama's vulnerable and he's not the messianic figure that he was made out to be well uh, he is vulnerable he is vulnerable that's that's clear he yeah. is he is vulnerable he is getting he is weakening is what he is is what he's doing when i heard him say about ryan when I heard when he was asked about Ryan and Obama said directly that he likes uh, Congressman or Senator Ryan, he likes Ryan. Yeah. And he just doesn't agree with him. Well, that that's almost like Obama giving him a big wet kiss. <laughs> yeah. Because what else could he say? He really had nothing that he could that he could go attack Ryan with. 
And I think that was all part of the uh, part of you know the the, the process of, uh, of of bringing uh, Ryan on board. I mean, he's squeaky clean. Well, none of them are squeaky clean. Some of them purport to be squeaky clean, but they always find something eventually. But the the thing is, though, it doesn't even matter because you've got so much voter fraud out there. Look at the people. Okay, in my state, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Look at the people whining and screaming about having to show your ID. And I'm not a big proponent of a national ID. But I would like to see – look, we have people in row homes in Philadelphia that have 50 dead people registered to vote. Dead yeah. people vote in Philadelphia. Sometimes there's 50 of them in one three-bedroom row home. Well, yeah, we have the same thing in my hometown of Chicago, where you know it, it's 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 uh, it's it's uh, you know it's it's historic. It's uh, it's uh, it's par for the course to have at least uh, you know a couple hundred thousand uh, dead people vote. You know, I may be embellishing that by uh, you know a few thousand. No, but- I don't think you are. I think that look, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia is. They they have it really down. They know how to how to rock the vote. They know how to rob the vote. They know how to steal the vote. They're very good at it. Let's not forget that Philadelphia is the home of those two thugs uh, from the uh, Black Panthers that stood out there with uh, clubs and menaced white people outside of a polling place. Now, anywhere else in this state, if you stood out in a, into a polling place and menaced people, you'd be arrested immediately. Yeah. No question about it. They don't, uh, and even in Philadelphia, if I was to go into Philadelphia and go to polling places, which sometimes I do. Look, I used to enjoy really. I, I like to make politicians stutter. So, I, mm-hmm. if, but I did that now, I'd be pepper sprayed, maced, arrested, just for speaking. I don't have. I wouldn't have a weapon. I wouldn't be menacing anybody. But these guys get away with it, and this is Philadelphia. And we have a long history of stealing the vote, of having people voting more than once. Well, of course, now they're all whining about it, and I don't really care because I like it when they whine, and I like it when mm-hmm. they squirm. And I really, I, I really can only wish the worst on some of these people because some of these people are just true evil. Now, I never understand why good people get sick. Case in point, somebody nice gets cancer. Right, mm-hmm. and then you get these scumbags walking around, and there's these scumbags that ought to have that cancer. They all ought to have it. They all ought to have something to do with their lives, other than what they're doing, because they're doing evil. Barack Obama, President of the United States, I still don't think that he legitimately became the President of these United States because he was never properly vetted. He never showed the proper documentation to even become president of this country. But the media gave him a pass. Well, the media did give him a pass, and that's uh, you know that's why. I mean, he, he talks about uh, – he and his administration over the course of the weekend was talking about transparency and how Mitt Romney needs to show us his tax returns for the last 10 years instead of putting out the, the what's become standard, two, two years of tax returns. Um, McCain put out two years of tax returns, and nobody said anything. Mitt Romney put out two years of tax returns, and the Obama administration suggesting that he's not being – being transparent, but Obama has sealed all of his college records. We don't know. We still 
after nearly four years, don't know who this guy really is, who we, who, who, who this country elected as president of the United States. And the, the alarming thing is not many people seem to care. I've talked, no. I've talked many times on Blog Talk Radio uh, uh, and, and to many of my friends and associates that, you know, Joe Biden, I remember when Joe Biden ran for president, he was forced to drop out because it was revealed that he plagiarized some uh, speech he gave. And his candidacy was over. And what about Gary Hart, who said, hey, I'm squeaky clean, follow me around, I'm paraphrasing. Well, and, he, got, he got a little. Who can blame him? She was cute. Well, yeah, but he's sitting on a, he's sitting on a boat, and, and the caption underneath the boat, the boat's name is Monkey Business, and he's got some chick on his lap. His candidacy. I don't believe over. that was some chick. If I recall, that was the secretary to who was the preacher that got nabbed for stealing money from his Jim uh, Jones yeah, or yeah uh, yeah. And um, I'm, I'm, I'll remember Baker. her name. I'll remember Bishop. yeah Baker. That's right. Yeah. I'll remember yeah. that was his secretary. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the thing is, but the point is, his candidacy was what over. He was done just for that. That alone. But Barack Obama has all of these flaws and failings and secrecies and everything's just not not as it should be. All right, but here's no... the question. Go ahead. Why do the Republicans, and I don't say conservatives, I say Republicans, mm-hmm. why do the Republicans constantly give these people escape? Why do they com- continuously let them get away with what they get away with? I'll give you a case in point. Uh, the Republicans at any time could say, well, these things that Obama is creating as executive orders, the Congress could say, wait a minute, we're crying foul on that one. We're challenging that executive order. They can challenge an executive order, and yet they never do. Why is that? Well, I think the the, the issue with Republicans, and I certainly can't speak for any of the senators or, or congressmen, uh, uh, but I think the the republicans uh the, those who are in 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 positions of authority in in our government believe that you know these are not these issues are not as important as seeing that obama is removed from office uh in well, but terms they could of, have removed him simply by uh prosecuting him in the house uh with the, the they they could have impeached him for many of the things that he's done. Yeah, but I mean, there's not enough votes in the House for that, and certainly he wouldn't go anywhere in the Senate. Well, aren't there? Aren't there now? And they could have done the same thing for George Bush. That it goes both ways. The Democrats don't do it either. So these presidents write executive orders, essentially making end runs around the Congress itself, and yet the Congress doesn't say boo. Yeah, I be- I believe that Republicans see the bigger picture. They believe, and I'm just, I just, just my, uh, my guessing. I'm, just, you know, I don't know, but I'm guessing if if I were a member of Congress, I'd be thinking more. Of these are issues that are of great concern, but the greater concern is, um, defeating Obama, and reversing the policies that he's put in place. And the greater concern now is mm-hmm. getting Obama out of there because let's let's state yeah. things factually. I do not believe that Romney is going to go uh, bat crazy 
getting rid of all the things that Obama did. I think uh, Romney will settle in if he gets elected. He will settle in. He may not put us in the danger that Obama puts us in now. He may not turn the uh, throttle on as fast as Obama's going. But he will still be marching in the direction of socialism. He will still be marching in the direction of damaging our constitutional republic. So I don't see him as fixing things. I see him as only a clog in the pipe. A turd in the pipe, so to speak, making it harder to get everything down. Well, why do you think that? Because I have seen no different from any of these politicians. We had George Bush in there doing all sorts of unconstitutional things. Let's we could we could point them out. We've got the Patriot Act, which Obama, when he campaigned, said it was a terrible, terrible thing. It was a violation of the Constitution. Yet he signed it several times so that it doesn't go away. So why did he lie to us? Why did he go in there and, and because I don't believe that these people, Obama, uh, Romney, Bush, I don't believe they really run things. I believe they are told what to do. Now, I think that Obama is a bit over the top, and he takes a little bit too much liberty in destroying everybody else's liberty, because that's what he's about. But he's still following orders. Who is he following orders from? I don't know. That is the $64,000 question. Who is it? Because you could name all sorts of uh, organizations and societies. You could say it's the Bilderbergers. Well, I say if you see these people, if you know who they are, if you can name them, then they're not the ones running the show. They're just the faces out there for everybody to be busy with and look at, but they're not the people who are really doing it. See, everybody thinks that people like, um, who's that idiot right now, Buffett. Everybody thinks that people like Buffett and uh, Bill Gates that they're the richest people in the country or the richest people in the world. But the Forbes list of, uh, what is it, billionaires, Yeah. there's another list of people that have money that makes these billionaires look like paupers. But they don't have a list for those people. Those people are never listed. Those people have wealth that you can't even imagine how much wealth they've got. They've got the wealth of countries, and yet they're never exposed they live in almost secrecy, but you'll get the whole list that we get. Everybody will say, oh, yeah, we're waiting for that uh, Fortune uh, or the Forbes or whatever list it is, and we're waiting for the richest people in the world. But they're not the richest people in the world. The bar is always changed on us. We are always given the narrative in which to speak. Example, when the bailouts were going out, the, they, all, they kept talking about the billions of dollars. No, they bailed out to the tunes of trillions of dollars. And yet, when Congress got back in session and said, well, we've got to decide what to cut here and cut there, we're going to cut a billion. No, you can't cut that billion. Meanwhile, I want to know where the trillions were, because if you found just one of those trillions, you could pay for all the billions that these idiots were keeping us busy with, thinking about, and we're all talking about the billions, and I kept saying, I called talk radio regular talk radio, and I said, where's the trillions? Why isn't anybody talking about the trillions? Where'd they go? Where'd who show do you, who show do you call trillion? in? Who show do you call into I don't, normally? I don't call national shows. I call local okay. shows. I, right. I, uh, I troll the local shows as well as... Um, I used to call Dennis Prager. I like Dennis Prager. I do, too. I, I can't stand Michael Medved. I'd like to just give him a slap really? until he blisters. Yeah, he's I like him a lot. Why don't you like him? 
I don't like him because he is an apologist for everything Republican. And remember, I'm not saying conservative, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. saying Republican. He's an apologist for everything. I don't see Dennis Prager uh, so much doing that. And then you've got other people like Hugh Hewitt, who I find very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Mark Levin, I like listening to Mark Levin because when Mark Levin goes on a rant, I always enjoy that. I think he, yeah. I love it when he calls people schmucks. He said, and he called, I forget what he called somebody today, but uh, just had to chuckle when he did it. But these guys will go to a certain limit in what they'll talk about on the radio. And if you bring up something, they won't discuss it. In other words, why is the birth certificate issue such a no-no for conservative talk show hosts? See, I can't figure that out. Be, well, I think that, uh, you know, the issue is has not been resolved one way or the other. There's no there's no real, you know, and I, I would love it, you know, but there's no real um, evidence one way or the other that suggests that Obama's not a citizen. No, Nobody let me tell you, let me tell you what the evidence suggests. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have looked at the birth certificate that was put out, the PDF that was put out by the White House. It's still on the White House website. You can still download it. I absolutely can open it up with Adobe products and play with the layers in this particular document, making half signatures go away. And and I have a, a theory as to why the person who did this. I think it's a forgery. I know it's a forgery. Mm-hmm. I have no question mm-hmm. that it is. But does that mean that he wasn't born in this country? No. All it, all it means is exactly what you see. It's a forgery. So he's hiding something. Well, he's hiding. I don't well, know his, his uh, the attorney that uh, presented uh, who presented herself in the state of Indiana uh, alluded to uh, strongly to the fact uh, to the idea that the uh, birth certificate wasn't valid uh, wasn't valid that the, the one that pre- was presented to the public wasn't a valid um, birth certificate. So she's already pretty much uh, agreed to that. But the thing is, we Who's did, agreed to that. Obama uh, agreed one to of that. The, no, no, the attorney. Uh, uh, the, I can't think of the, the lady attorney who appeared in. Uh, court for um, for the administration uh, due to Obama's uh, representing Obama. Yeah, representing Obama, uh, his um, candidacy uh, to be on the ballot was being challenged uh, by a group of uh, folks in, in, in Florida, Indiana. I believe. Yeah, in Florida as well. Yeah, in Florida and in Georgia, of course, as well. Also, um, but she she implied strongly. Her her verbiage uh, suggested that uh, you know the reason why the um, that the uh, lawsuit shouldn't uh, proceed was because they agreed that the uh, that the uh, birth certificate wasn't uh, wasn't valid. But the thing is, here, here's my here's my issue here. We live in a country where it should be easy to 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 get information on folks. Even the president of the United States, he has enough enemies. People who want to see him gone, out of office, back to Kenya or Hawaii or the south side of Chicago, wherever. This information, the information should not be this hard to get, definitively. Sheriff Joe's done a really good job of gathering the information and putting a, a strong case that Obama is a fraud. But the, yes, he's he, the only one. Yes, he has done that. But nobody's listening. The media that started this whole conversation with why do you think it's an avalanche, the media won't give him anything. They give him short shrift. I, I want to tell you what I think is going on with Obama. Okay. I started out thinking that he was born in Kenya and that he wasn't born in the United States. But I'm coming to the conclusion 
that he was born in the United States. Mm-hmm. However, he has used the whole Kenyan thing as a way to commit fraud. So the reason why you can't see his college transcripts, the reason why you can't see anything from his college days, is that he has committed fraud. He is a criminal. He used the whole Kenyan ruse, in other words, saying that his father was from Kenya, that he was born in Kenya, to get into college and to not pay as much money as, say, other people or get scholarships or whatever he was doing. But he's dirty. He's a criminal and he's dirty. Yeah. And that's the reason why we can't see his college transcripts. That's the reason why we can't see the real birth certificate, because it would expose his fraud. And, and I think that's exactly what's going on. I don't think he was born outside of the country. I think he wants everybody's thinking that, because yeah. really what he is is a low-life criminal. Because go back to the time now that we're finding out about the Shroom Gang or the Shroom Gang or whatever it was, the pot-smoking scumbag that would suck the pot off the top of the car because you wanted to get every last drop. And this guy that thinks that everything is owed to him and that uh, white people have taken over and stolen everything, so we got to take it from them, we got to take from the uh, people that got money and give it to the people that don't have money, he thinks the world owed him something. And so he went out and said, you know what? I'm just going to go and say I'm from where whatever, and I'm going to go get scholarships that some I wouldn't normally have gotten, but I'm going to tell them that I'm some student studying from something or other because back then I think that was probably advantageous to be a foreigner, and he well, went with it. I, you know what, and I, I tend to agree with that, and I think uh, the Illinois Bar Association most likely figured that out as well, which is why he was asked to uh, surrender his law license. Uh, and, uh, and they protect you know, him. They, you can't go to the uh, the bar association, which are which are full of a bunch of criminals. Let's be clear. You can't go to the bar association and say, "Hey, we want to see what that information is." They're protecting him. Same with the, why is the Hawaii Department of State protecting him? Why? You're absolutely right, and I and I agree. Why? Why? But no, no one's been able to truly answer why. I mean, you've done a good job of it here, but. Why? But I'm only positing theory. I don't know for sure. What well, I know for sure is that the birth certificate that's on the White House website is a fraud, and nobody from the media gives a damn. And and the question once again before we lo- before we leave this show, which we're going to do in just a couple of minutes, is why? <laughs> why? Why? What is the what is the what is the end game here? I mean, there, there there are all sorts of books out. Exposing but doesn't that problems. go back to what I said in the beginning? Was that he's run by somebody, and somebody is running interference for him? And they have been not, doing not so. one person, lots of people, and they've been doing so for the last right. twenty five years or so, according to the book, The Manchurian President, and 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 the Amateur, and several other uh, expo- exposing books that have come out. Barack Obama isn't who he say says he is. He's been groomed. For, uh, to run for the presidency, he's been groomed uh, for these uh, for, for these uh, high positions, and uh, and I believe that, and I believe it as well. And and you know, if there was ever a time to believe that there's some shadowy figures out there pulling the strings, and the American people really don't really we 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 think we have a say in how national elections go, one of this magnitude, but we really don't. If there was ever a case for that, this president, you know, 
is a prime yes. example of that what that is. Yes. But Bill, you know when, when George Bush was president, there was and I and I saw this YouTube video and I've been trying to find it and I guess I'm not doing the search properly if I I should try and harder. I saw a video of a roast for Rahm Emanuel. And it was all the Democrats. Paul Begala introduced Barack Obama. And Barack Obama at the time, I think he might have just become the senator uh, when he went after Jerry Ryan's husband. He might have he just became the senator. But Paul Begala introduced Barack Obama, the, the junior senator. He had been nothing before being senator. He, he introduced Obama as the next president of the United States. Now, this is at a time when Hillary Clinton was shining, when she was the chosen one, when she was the one that's got now years of experience being a senator. And Begala worked for the Clintons. But here's Begala introducing them as, introducing Obama. Watch this guy, he said. Watch him. He's going to be the next president of the United States. Well, damn if he wasn't. How, yeah. how did how did Begala know that? How did Begala and, and that cuts against absolute everything that we knew because at the time Hillary Clinton was the heir apparent. She was the golden girl. She was the one that was slated to go in there. In fact, right up until that particular uh meeting that they had. Remember the meeting that uh, that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton were supposed to have had at Pelosi's house or somebody else's house? That was the same day that Barack Obama put his press corps on the aircraft to Chicago. Yeah. And then got back off, then didn't get on his plane, because he didn't travel with them. He had his own airplane. Didn't get on his airplane, but as they're taxiing down the taxiway, they see one of the press corps sees him getting into the limo driving off the airport. And there's a video on YouTube with uh, Gibbs, with the press corps grilling Gibbs on the aircraft. Why are we not with the... Uh, uh, assumed candidate. Why are we showing, why are we on our way to Chicago? Why did we get Shanghai to Chicago? And the candidate is going off somewhere else. Well, he wanted some privacy. Let me tell you who was in town that day that he wanted a little bit of privacy. The Bilderbergs met that weekend at the Marriott in Chantilly, Virginia. So while they while they said, well, uh, he went. He, he went to Hillary's house. Well, no, he didn't. He went to Pelosi's house. No, they didn't go to Pelosi's house or Hillary's house. We don't know where they went. Very interesting the timing, and the fact that Obama did something that nobody's ever done, which was Shanghai the press corps. But I do well, agree. I do agree with Reno. Criminals are running the world. Yeah, I I I agree that there are some shadowy figures running running things that uh that we're just we we've been we've been talking about uh conspiracy theorists and 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 just plain old historians have been uh, alluding but Why to, is that a conspiracy theory? Well, it's a conspiracy I'm giving I'm giving you facts. I'm giving because you it's facts. theory and it and, and it involves a conspiracy. I mean, well, I'm and, not, and I don't, and I don't I I don't know why that that word conspiracy seems to be a bad word because no? All it says is the government loves conspiracy because they love to charge everybody that they go after. It's just like the cops when the cops handcuff you, then kick the crap out of you, and load you in the back of an ambulance, but then they write down there that you resisted arrest and you assaulted them. They love conspiracy 
because anything that the feds ever go after you for, there's always a conspiracy charge. Yeah, yeah. And yet, somebody who says something, what I just said to you, well, I'm a conspiracy theorist. There's something wrong with me. But if you've ever heard me before, you'll notice that I ask a lot of questions. Yeah. I ask questions. I don't so much tell you, but I do ask lots of questions, and they beg an answer. Well, indeed they do. And you know what, and I, and I agree. You know, I'm I'm a historian. You know, I I'm a trained historian. I'm not just a history buff. Uh I've been I've been doing this uh since high school. You know, it's been my subject uh high school, my my college degrees. Oh, history is is my thing. And 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 conspiracy theory has gotten I mean the 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 terminology has really uh been been uh, aligned with you know kook nut job crazy uh you know conspiratorial uh what's the other word I'm looking for um I can't I can't think of it right now delusional. but delusional delusional or 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 you know that kind of thing but uh it's it's just like any other theory like game theory you know, it's a, it's a conspiracy theory, game theory. There's no there's no real difference to me, other than uh, one uh, has, um, you know, one is about something else. But nevertheless, you know, th- these are subjects that I sit and I think about, and I wonder why they are not exposed in this day and age, in the age of the internet, and all because of they're the- given cover. But you I, know who you're talking to, right? You know who yeah, I am. Yeah, I know who you are. Yeah. Okay. I, I have gone by the moniker One Angry Jew for the last two years on Blog Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. And I am known as the grand conspiracy theorist of Blog Talk Radio. Yes, indeed. Because I I believe I believe I know nine eleven was not what it was that they told it told us. Mm-hmm. That it went different absolutely, entirely differently than what we were told, it, it, how it went. But I, I have to ask the questions, and I ask the questions, but I'm I'm very, uh, I don't get answers. Most of the time I get attacked. I get the ad hominem attacks that attack me. But I'll tell you what, there's not too many people on Blog Talk Radio who have been able to put these, theor- to put these theories, these stories, these, these narratives into a into something that makes sense to people, and that's where I'm dangerous because I can make sense out of it, and because I see it for what it is. We are being manipulated from the get-go, yeah. and who's doing it? I don't know. And when somebody says to me, "I don't know why people think that I should know," I'm not in the government. I'm not run by the government. I'm just some guy who looks at things and say, "You know what? That doesn't look right to me." I think I think what a lot of people though are looking for is not so much the questions because we we all have the questions we've been asked the, we've asked the questions all of us even me on my show many times and with my friends family acquaintances but all we seem to be doing is asking the questions nobody's answering them <laughs> There are no answers because well, no, there are some. There are answers to some of the questions because some of the questions, and I don't want to get this. I won't turn this into a whole nine eleven thing. But some mm-hmm. of the things that happened during nine eleven have can only be answered by physics. 
Math and physics don't lie. Yeah, those so are the only have, two. So you have you do have things that are answered. I'll give you I'll give you an example. The second airplane that hit the the second twin tower. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was WTC. I don't remember which one was second. WTC one or WCDC two. I'm a pilot. That yeah. airplane didn't fly directly into the tower. The second aircraft. It flew beyond the twin towers, and made a, a what can only be described as a U-turn, mm-hmm. a, three, a, a 180 degree turn, at full speed. That's not possible. Let me tell you why. Civilian aircraft are not built to withstand the G-forces that would be imposed on that aircraft when you make a turn that was necessary. In other words, you'd have to make a turn so tight. It would have to be such a steep turn because you're going fast. So wings should be falling off. Elevators should be falling off. Vertical stabilizers ought to be bending and becoming misshapen. That aircraft should never have been flying. Well, you know what? Uh, we're, we're we're moving into a different area of the conversation. How, however, I'm going to go with it. Facts. I'm going to go with it for right now. I'm a I'm a I'm a marine I'm former marine fighter pilot, and I flew uh, the Hornet. Well, I you flew, know. But I do know this. Uh, I I don't know that the plane made the turn. The the yeah, the, that's the, a fact. The, 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 the turn was so steep. And it was at 400, I think it was at 400 knots. I do believe that uh, the commercial aircraft can, you know, unless the aircraft is going in a steep dive where the G-forces would cause uh, the fluttering of the wings and, and destabilization of the of the wing roots and all that, you know, yeah. twisting of the well, let's, wing let's roots talk, and stress. Let's talk the pilot. Let's but I think that I think that it would it would have to be uh, a sustained uh, the, the flight would the, the flight and speed would have to be sustained for a period of time to cause that sort of uh damage that you that you indicated. There would have to be a lot more to it than that. Uh, I, I mean it, it, they exceeded what the pilot operating handbook described, the, and the, you 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 know as well as I do that if your if your bank is too steep, you can stall the airplane. That, that's true. However, uh, aircraft are designed to exceed the limits imposed by the the the, the handbook. By how much? And would you agree with me that by military air, aircraft, for example, for example, the F the F the Hornet. Yeah, uh, has a has a has a has a top ceiling, but that's the ceiling that's imposed by the the uh, the flight testers, by by the by the inspector pilots, by by the designers. They've they've sealed the aircraft at a certain point because they don't want you to go any higher than that because you you're testing the limits of the aircraft. Um, but there are limits that are far far and away above what. Uh, what what the ceiling is? For example, a stall in in an a in an uh, in a, well, that in an may a- be that may be, but you you and I both know that those are for new aircraft. When an aircraft's been in service for all that time, you lower those limits. Yeah, you're absolutely right because of the stress on the aircraft over time. Uh, this uh, yeah, and I agree with you on that. So, but uh, but you my know, point my point is this: that the the aircraft. You flew fighter pilots, all right. I'm 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 nothing more than a, a lowly private pilot with about 600 hours, and I've just almost several times gotten my uh, uh, my instrument rating, but but nothing more. But I got a lot of the, I got a lot of flying at night, mostly in single engines, 300 horsepower. I've got my retract, 
So I'm I'm not I don't know it's not that I I'm not ignorant when it comes to aviation, mm-hmm. but these aircraft were flown. You got to believe that these aircraft were flown by people who had never stepped foot in a 757 or 767, and yet the government says to us, hey, this guy who they wouldn't rent an aircraft to because he couldn't demonstrate that he could fly a 172 properly at a buoy, Maryland. This guy managed to fly an aircraft from altitude at full speed all the way down to the ground at the Pentagon to fly it into the Pentagon without ever touching the grass. I don't even think you could do that. Certainly mm, not in the probably 757. Probably not. No, and that was, no. So just, just by sheer physics and math, we have to ask ourselves, what is it that's going on? What, what really happened that day? Because... You've got, uh, I guess, another uh, another good example here. I got to believe, if you take a pilot who's been flying 747s for 15 years, he's been the captain of 747. If you stick that captain in a 767, for example, and say, "Hey, captain, let's see your landing," he doesn't know where the wheels are. He doesn't know where they are below him. He's not sitting at the same altitude that he's used to looking at in the 747. He doesn't see the same sight picture. He's looking out the window in the 747. Everything is new. He's got to feel it out. And yet somehow, wheels up, in ground effect, at 400-some knots, we're supposed to believe that this guy flew across the lawn of the Pentagon at, at top speed and managed to keep that plane under control? Do you believe that? Well, no, I don't believe that. However, I do believe in just plain old dumb luck. And you know that could that could account for it. In absence of real facts, I, I have a hard time going one way or the other. Yeah, but your real facts are, are, are this: we know the speed. Yeah. The the military controllers and the air traffic controllers at the Washington Tricon. I just watched a, a video where uh, I listened to the discussion between them. They thought, and it was a. I'm sorry, there was a video also. They interviewed some of the controllers. They thought that it was a military jet. Think, uh, and we're talking about what they thought, what they claimed was flights, uh, the 757 that hit the Pentagon. They thought it was a military jet. And they were relieved. They thought, oh, oh thank God, somebody finally scrambled a jet. And if you flew fi- if you flew fighters in, in which branch of the service? The Marine, Marine right? Corps. Marine. Okay. Do you believe for one minute that we couldn't get our fighters in the air? I do believe that uh, – no, I don't believe that we couldn't get them in air, but Why? we don't have an alert. Why don't you believe that? Well, I don't believe that Andrews or or the Marine base over at Quantico or, or the nearest Air Force base has an Alert 5, which is like five minutes to get into the air. Uh, alert 5 means you're on alert. And you're in, in a in a hangar nearby the aircraft, and you have five minutes to get in the aircraft, get it started up, and get in the air. It's called an alert five. So how long does it take with that five minutes to get your butt in the airplane? How long does it take to get that airplane in the air? But my point is, there were at not at that time alert five aircraft stationed in either of in any of those three bases that I indicated. Why? Why? Because it is unnecessary. There, there was this. Uh, what occurred in in, in uh, what occurred uh, in nine uh, eleven was unprecedented. Now, you know what? 
there 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 are there are um alert I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. At Andrews Air Force Base there are two fighters on alert at all times to guard against attacks on the Capitol and the White House. Two. And they're they're alert aircraft. So I was I was remiss when I said when I or when I said that earlier. But I don't believe I do believe that uh, in this case, uh, getting an aircraft in the air in five minutes in time to intercept uh, the 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 uh, the aircraft uh, that crashed into the Pentagon. It's it simply there simply wasn't enough time. You've got. Were to, you aware that that morning that the military was doing drills? I was the, not. The day before and the day of 9/11, they were doing drills simulating on the military tracons mm-hmm. the uh, hijackings of aircraft. I did not. I did when, not. When the quote-unquote supposed real hijackings took place by the Muslims that everybody likes to talk about, the air traffic controllers, the military air traffic controllers, the discussion between them was, well, they thought it was a drill. And I so if you're, going to, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to, I'll just posit this out there for you. If mm-hmm. you're going to have shenanigans, and you're going to somehow create this whole phenomenon, this 9/11, would not having a drill that morning be in your favor, where it would confuse the people doing their real job? They sent military aircraft from the bases around New York and Washington D.C. because of these drills to Canada and to California, out west. They depleted our air our air resources that morning. Interesting. Interesting. This is a great topic for a complete blog talk show, and we usually do topics like this every now and then. I think that uh, we should come back to this. Uh, perhaps- and I'd be happy to do that. I think let me give you t- some advice. Let me mm-hmm. give you some advice from a, from a crazy conspiracy theorist, because this advice might save your life. Mm-hmm. Don't fly commercially in the morning. Don't fly in the morning. Why? I want to know. Because, think- because everything happens in the morning. Nine eleven. What time did it happen? Morning. Uh, Mara Federal Building. What time? Morning. Morning. The bombings in London, 7-7. Between 8 and 9 a.m., their time? That's right. And the shoe bomber and crotch bomber? I don't know that time, but I'm, I'm happened in the morning. it's morning. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of them was Detroit, but it was close to 11, but it was morning. Well, we are going to have to we're going to have to get get deeper into this, and I hope we can do it sometime this week, perhaps tomorrow, uh, or or or. You when, invite me, I will be there because I, I am a walking repository of this type of knowledge. I the reason we, why I believe you should not fly in the morning, and I don't, I'm a pilot. I don't <laughs> fly in the morning. I will not take a morning flight because I don't want to get caught up with my son in one of these false flag operations. That seem to happen always in the morning, and of course, if you are the, if you're creating a false flag operation, well, you want the whole news day, don't you? Morning, yeah, that's true. Time, yeah, absolutely. Afternoon, right. evening, you want to get as much. You don't want to kill everybody, but you want to get as much terror out of the uh, transaction that you can. Yeah. And just so you know, proper coverage. The morning, the morning of the seven seven bombings in London, mm-hmm. they were doing drills. Also. At exactly the same sites that were bombed. 
And have you ever wondered why you never saw any video of any of these uh, supposed bombers? Because that morning, the entire CCTV system in London failed at exactly the time of the London bombings. And it started back up an hour or so after. Wow. So there you know is what? no evidence. No, well, you can't you can't see it. All you get to see is that poor guy that they shot from Brazil. Interesting. Very interesting. So interesting that uh, one angry Jew has been so interesting on the topics that he's presented that we've gone almost 30 minutes over <laughs> the showtime. I was hoping to get over to 2020 Radio's show by 9 o'clock, but one angry Jew has... Um, you know, has put it out there for us, and so we've 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 decided to you know let it let the show run. We're on the we're you know we're on the air till uh, you know till nine thirty. You know, one A J one. You need to come on back, and we need to just do a whole show on this topic. I'd be happy to do it. And and I think we should get, get and when we do it this week. When we do it, I guarantee you that you are going to catch such flack. From the establishment that mm. trolls talk uh, blog talk, I troll blog talk radio too. But you're going to get some attention from the people who watch blog talk radio from the government to make sure that these discussions don't happen. And they will do their best to obfuscate and to insert themselves into the discussion. You know what? I've often got my highest ratings, my highest listens when we do uh, conspiracy theory type shows. And I've often wondered, you know, why? I thought, you know, sometimes you think it's kind of like a pull-off. You don't really – it's like a slow news cycle. No. And so you're going to talk about the Bilderbergers and, and the Trilateral Commission and all that. And the next thing you know, you've got a show with like 90 people in it, you know, as many as, as, many as whatever the limit is. And, your, you know, your show ratings, uh, you know, you're, you're on page one, you know, a couple of days later. Uh, you know, and, and I think it's, uh, I think it's fascinating. Have you ever heard of the Skype assholes? No, I have not. Well, you're going to meet them if you do a show about 9-11 or any of these topics. Wow. They will find you. It is their job to scour Blog Talk Radio and to jump into the chat room. And you will, uh, I guarantee you, you will attract them. Well, I can't wait. We are out of time. We need to head. We close out the show and head on over to uh, GG. I'm um, um, sorry, GGT 183. He's going to be here. He's going to be on tonight at 11:30. But we need to get over to uh, 2020 Radio and see what's going on over there. Great blog talk show. G Ski Rocks 2020 Radio. Thanks so much, One AJ One One Angry Jew. You are the man. Thank you for calling in, guy. You made the show. You're most welcome. All right. Have a great night, folks. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. We're headed over to 2020 Radio.